and it just depicts exactly how I feel, not even in my wildest dreams. Maybe as a little boy growing up just down the valley in Chilliwack, not even in my wildest dreams, that I would see such things as the coming of the Lord, the rapture mystery. Saints, if that doesn't set your soul on fire, I don't know what would. Don't grow cold. Don't grow complacent. Just let the fan of the Holy Spirit breathe on you this morning. Not even in my wildest dreams. He could show me this divine mystery. Blessed are your eyes for they see. How many feel blessed this morning? Yes, sir, I feel blessed. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for the songs of Zion. They mean so much to us. How you speak and how you deal with men throughout the ages. And Lord, by the grace of God, you opened our eyes to see. Lord, it doesn't make us anything. It just sees you as the worthy one, the holy one, the righteous king. The Lamb of God, worthy of all praise and glory and honor. Men might want to heap praise to themselves. But God, that will pass away. One day, Lord, we'll be at the feet of the cross, at the Calvary. And we've sawn the glory of God. But then there's another day we'll sit at the throne of grace. Praising your holy name. Glorifying the King of glory. We love you this morning. Speak to us from your word. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Nice to be in the house of God this morning. Nice to see each one in their places. I trust you've come hungry for the word of God. I'd like to give you greetings. I've been in contact with Brother Kyle Morton. Lord willing, he's going to be over here. Over, I said you're coming home for the Christmas season. And he's going to be with us, and we just want to remember Brother Kyle and his labors there in Victoria. Uh, we're going to have a wonderful service tonight. Brother Murphy will be speaking. Brother Tim will be going to Seattle. And God has his vessels. Brother John Andes is in Edmonton, and he'll be home, so we want to keep him in prayer. He'll have another service this evening. So I just pray that God will use the men of God wherever they are. We're thankful for how they how they stood in the gap while we're away. It's nice to been away, but it's always nice to be home also. And we thank the brothers for their service. There's going to be a schedule, obviously, for the Christmas uh, season here. And I don't know if anybody's even made an announcement yet. But it will be posted on the bulletin board out by the office. Next Sunday, uh, there will be a regular service, two services. And then on that Wednesday, there will be no service. Then on the following Sunday, December 30th, one service. And then on Monday, of course, will be the um, watch night service, and that will be starting at 9 o'clock. And then that Wednesday also we'll have no service. And then January 6th, back to regular schedule. So there there it is in a nutshell. And uh, just trust that, uh, you know, if you show up at church and nobody's here, Pray for us. We need prayer. So nice to see you all. Nice to be in the house of God this morning. I'd like you to turn in your Bibles, please, at this time. And we've taken up some uh, time. So if you can give me, I'll, I'll try and be as concise as I can and break it off where it should be broken off. 
I'd like you to turn to Acts chapter 7, Acts chapter 7, and verse 17. We understand that there was a prophecy given to uh, Abraham, and Abraham was to um, um, give to the children of Israel their... their, um, thought what God had, then there would be a prophecy of him or the Israel being in a strange land for 400 years. And so then as they would be in there, they would be under a taskmaster and so forth. But God knew that there would be a prophet that needed to come to bring them out of their bondage. And so now we look at verse 17. I just wanted to sum that up. Just to give a little background, verse 17, but when the time of the promise drew nigh, which God had sworn to Abraham, the people grew and multiplied in Egypt till another king arose, which knew not Joseph. I want you to take a special note at verse 17. When the time of the promise drew nigh, may God add his blessing to the reading of his word. You may have your seats. I don't necessarily want to emphasize or or, um, maybe dwell on the thought of Christmas time. And yet Brother Benham did um, mention in a number of services over his ministry. And he would take certain subjects regarding Christmas. Um, And it's obviously one of the greatest times. And of course we know they got the wrong date. And um, I just, we don't need to go into that, but we know that's the wrong time. But nevertheless, Jesus was born. And, um, you know, now today, we understand that through commerce and commercialism, they have made Christmas not Christmas. And, and, And the thing that we have to watch is that we get caught up in that. And, you know, I'm just laying a little little thought here because, you know, we can start deviating from our original convictions. Because as time goes on, it just seems like we get boiled in water. And what we wouldn't do years ago, we do now. And then it lessens our conviction and our understanding of really what Christmas is. When God gave the greatest gift to mankind... And they got a Santa Claus and they got all this tinsel and they got their lights and they got their flash. That has nothing to do with Christmas. Nothing to do with Christmas. Can you imagine that when Jesus came, that was a promise drawing nigh. That was a promise drawing nigh. But can I ask you how many people actually knew that the promise was being fulfilled? You, you need to ask yourself that question. We said it was a great event that ever took place. But how many people really knew that the promise was drawing nigh? Interesting. Brother Brown said angels came down and came to shepherds. Not learned men. Not theologians. But shepherds. That would feel comfortable in a setting where the master himself would be born. Not many people, but he came to just simple people. And then, of course, we know the as it goes on that 
Simeon found him in the temple and blind Anna came and, and that is the chronolo- chronologically how we think an events would take place. And then of course, two years later, we have wise men coming. But the theologians put them all together and they have wise men coming to a stable which is totally anti-word. Because the Bible says they did not come to a babe, they came to a young child. And we know that, we know that those are the, those are basic things. That's not a great revelation, but it's something that was unveiled to us through a prophet. Because many people today don't, they get it all mixed up. But there's an appointed time for everything that God's promised in the prophecy of His Word. And we need to be in beat and in step to the great composer himself and not miss a step. And that's what Satan's tactics are, is it gets you off, your eyes off of the beat of the music sheet. Saints, the Bible is life to us. As Brother Biscoll opened up, this message is more than life. This is our life. That out there is not our life. This is our life. And you see a dying generation and people getting caught up in, in this world. This world is not our home. We're just passing right through. And as we live life in that, as we get older in life, we just say the things of the earth are growing strangely dim in the light of his glory and his grace. You say, oh, brother Tom, you're just getting old and we've got a lot of life to live. There's only one life to live and that's for Christ. It's only one life to live. That's for him. That's eternal life, saints. Live for him. In the time of promise, do not. We're getting ready for a change. Don't let this time and this season get you caught up. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 and 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. But we shall all be changed. Those who have gone before us, there will be a resurrection take place. We'll be changed in a moment in a twinkling of an eye. That's what I'm living for. I don't know what you're living for, but I want to live for him. I want to live for my prophesied promise as it draws nigh. We'll be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall rise incorruptible. And we shall, we shall, we shall be changed. I trust you can put your name in there and say, Brother Tom, I shall be changed. When the time of this prophecy is being fulfilled, I shall be changed. For this corruptible will put on incorruption, and this mortal will put on immortality. So when this corruptible shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying which is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, can we say at this Christmas time, oh, death, where is thy sting? Oh, grave, where is your victory? Look at what's happening today. Incredible amount of things that are taking place. 
maybe some take notice and some don't take notice. The Bible says in Luke 21 and 28, when these things begin to come to pass, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Time of promise comes. And we have to be a people that's prepared for this glorious rapture change. What an hour we're living in. What a time. I, I don't know about you, but every, every time as the days go on, there's something that starts a pitter patter in my heart. This world has just gone so strangely dim. I was away and while I was away, I caught a little bit of some news and, and I, I thought it, it struck me because I hadn't been reading the news hardly and I just wanted to maybe have some time. We had some blessed time with the family. It was a wonderful time. But I, I, I flicked it on my iPad and I just wanted to see what was happening because I don't have interest. I, saints, I don't know what you read for news, but there's no good news on Fox News. There's no good news on CNN or CBS or whatever fancy you have. It is no good news. The only good news is the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I hear more about Hollywood on news. I don't want to hear about it. I want to know what's going on in the world. And they might have a, a, a simple little world event take place. That's what's news. But not the garbage of, of, of what's happening in America and politics and all that nonsense. But what startled me at this one news thing that spoke to me is there were the Mount, uh, Temple Mount activists. Did you see that, Brother Ernie? Yes, the Temple Mount activists celebrating building an altar on the uh, Temple Mount and a plea, a plea so that they could sacrifice an animal sacrifice, a lamb sacrifice. Look how far it's come. Years ago, Brother Briscoe had a Rabbi Richmond here and Gershon Solomon, and we, we started to watch the events take place, and that's the reason I believe the pastor had them here. That we could see the beat of where Israel, natural, and what they're doing and what they're looking for, and they've got the plans for the new temple, and they got the garments for the uh, priesthood, and they got the gold trumpets or silver trumpets and gold uh, candlesticks. They got it all made. They're under anticipation for their fulfillment. If natural Israel could be under that kind of anticipation for their fulfillment, what should the bride be? Can I ask you the question? What's your anticipation? What's your expectation? And they knew that when they went to the temple, that the, uh, they have police that are um, watching over the temple mount and making sure that they don't do anything they shouldn't be doing. But they just are being impelled. Or they're being pushed because they want to bring the animal sacrifice back. They say, well, what's so astounding about that? Well, can I just read you a few quotes? Abraham said they'll reestablish temple worship. God will go to dealing with her again when she comes to her homeland. Two prophets will rise in the last day. And I understand just as the Gentile church moves out 
two prophets will arrive, Elijah and Moses, to Israel. And we do understand that the city, which has now been a curse for 2,000 years, will be rebuilt and reestablished. Temple worship will be set up just like it was in the beginning. That's right. And bring them back to their own temple worship again. That's thus saith the Lord. Keep your eyes ever on him. Thus saith the Lord. Out of the Bible. And they will have their own church. And Brother Branham, he he makes a, a, a knock on the pulpit. But they have not their temple worship yet. But when they establish the temple worship, the church will be gone. Can the church at Cloverdale Bible Way say amen? Amen. Look where they're at. Look what they're pushing. Look what they want. Look what their desire is. Then I say, oh, church of the living God. When they establish it, the church will be gone. Unto them that look for him. Shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation? Can I ask or begs the question, are we looking for him? Or are we looking for a Christmas season or something that is just not, it's, 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 it's really some, something, saints of God, that the world has glommed onto. But the Bram says this, he says, it's Christmas time. Get these Santa Claus and stuff away, such nonsense and commercializing. You hear about a Santa Claus in the Bible? It's a mythology. There's nothing to it. Don't teach your children that. You say, oh, it's Christmas time. All that tinsel up and down the street. Santa Claus, a German fiction, a Catholic dogma. It's not true. It takes the place of Jesus Christ. If you're going to celebrate Christmas this year, put Jesus Christ in your home. Thank God for the greatest gift that's ever come. And Brother Bram then turns around and says, every good gift finds its place. And wise men came two years later to bring their gifts, showing their revelation. Deity in service to die. To them that look for him, shall he appear. Think about it. Without sin. What have you been told year after year? You are the spotless, sinless, virtuous bride of Jesus Christ. Why is he appearing this way? To awaken our desires we have for him. To him. That's what he's appearing for. But then in the Greek it goes in to say it's an aphora. It's like a a runner that is running. He's oblivious to those that are around him or the spectators. He's oblivious to it. To the onlookers, his attention is never diverted. He might be a top athlete, but he's got, he's been practicing his focusing. And that's what we've been practicing service after service. Practicing our focusing. Practicing focusing prior to the race or any event. They practice their focusing. Their attention is concentrated upon one thing. The conclusion. I will win the race. 
They're focusing on the conclusion, not on how to get there. They know if they keep running, they've been trained, they will get to the end. They're focusing on the conclusion, nothing else. They fix his or her eye upon the goal, not the cheering crowd, not the opponents. If they turn their head once, slightly towards, whether spectator or opponent, their speed lessens and gives them chance to lose. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. Brother Bram goes on to say, oh, church, wake up. Like John came on earth and said to them, well, the Bible said Elias must first come. He's already come and he didn't know it. So will it be someday. I thought that he would come before the tribulation period. I thought the rapture was to take place. Let those words could come back. It's already happened and you didn't know it. It may be later than you think. And a prophet shouts out, oh church, wake up. Wake up to the reality. That's what we're living for. Amen. My eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. Have you been called to this wedding feast? They're going to have their little Christmas parties. They're going to feast on their alcohol and cigarettes, their adulteries and fornications. That's exactly what happens. But there is a bride called blessed. Are they? That are called to this wedding supper. They're feasting and we're feasting. We're feasting on the word. Can you say amen? I am feasting on the promises of God. Amen. God will have somebody who believes his word. I'm a nobody, but I'm the somebody. I believe his word. God will have somebody on the scene that believes his word. He'll have somebody like the shepherds. He'll have somebody like Simeon or blind Anna or wise men. But what was the wise men? What were they looking for? What were, what are they looking for? Where is he that is born king of the Jews? I could ask you this or this morning, where is he? There might be a few wise men here this morning that haven't come to the word made flesh yet. But saints, we've had a star rise in our day. And that star has led us to the word made flesh today. It's not going to lead us amiss. It's going to lead us to the word promise. Just as that light led wise men, that same light is leading us. It will lead you to the word made flesh. It wasn't a picnic either. It wasn't a quick ride in a Cadillac. Brother Bram said it took them two years. Took two years, grueling years, to bring their presence or gifts to Jesus. Where is he born king of the Jews? I wonder whether you could ask that question to the next person that's next to you. Where is he? Where is he? I thought of maybe naming the uh, title of the message, Where is he? Where is he? Many people today are going to, they're going to celebrate wise men coming to a stable, but not having a clue what they're understanding. But the question still needs to be asked. 
Where is he? Where is he? I want to make it personal. Maybe you could ask your own question. Where is he? And then you could say, he's here. Where is he? He's living in me. Where is he? Is he living in you? Is the word made flesh that has been prophesied for this age, is it drawing nigh? I say, amen. It's living in me. Living in me to tell this world that Jesus is the same. Prophecies or the prophesied word was made flesh. So if a word's made prophesied, and we know that Isaiah prophesied, there, uh, the Lord himself shall have a child. The Bible says, therefore, the Lord himself shall give you a sign, and behold, a virgin shall conceive. And, and we quote that quite often, and we say, hey, man, I see that. That's Isaiah 7.14. And you say, oh, I've got a great revelation. Isaiah 9.6. Unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. And those were prophesied promises in the Bible. They were, they were laying, they were actually laying there. But when Mary fulfilled it, how many people saw it? Oh, but you say, Brother Tom, that, that's so elementary. No, I want to bring it up today. Because there's a prophecy that there will be a church without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. We say, well, we believed because now we're looking back. But, and we always, Brother Bram says, look forward. But can you see what's happening now? Where's God? Where is he? That I'm asking you the question this morning. Where is he? King of kings, Lord of lords, Lamb of God, where are you this morning? And I want believe a church can rise up and say, he's here. He's living in me. And he's living in you, manifesting Jesus Christ. Can I give you a testimony? I think I've used it probably a couple, a couple three times, maybe half a dozen times over the last few years. But I, we had a phone call to the church. And the church, in the church, and was actually to the pastor study, Brother Biscal took the call, and the phone rang, and he was coming to the pulpit, and this lady was asking whether she could have prayer, and Brother Ed said, well, I, I'm just going to the pulpit, would you mind talking to Brother Tom? So I took the call, and she said, Brother Tom, she says, uh, you don't know me, but I need prayer. I said, oh, okay. I said, well, she says, can I come tomorrow? And I just started to think what I had on my plate for tomorrow. I said, how about Tuesday? Does Tuesday work? She said, I'd love to be there Tuesday. She came Tuesday. She came to the office, and then I asked some of the brothers to come into the sanctuary. We anointed her with oil. And I said, what, what is your situation? She says, I'm dying of cancer. I'm dying of cancer. She said, I, I've been given three weeks. They figure I'll, I'll be dead in three weeks. So, you know, you always feel inadequate. You always feel, Lord, what can we do? But we can do what the word says to do. So that's all we can do, saints of God. It's no glory to man. It's all glory to God. We just happened to be there when it happened. And so she, I said, well, I said, you know, I said, um, I'm going to anoint you according to the word of God. I said, this sanctuary is no special place, but it is special for us. This is where God meets his people. And he, I said, he could meet you in your bedroom too. I said, but it just happens to be our sanctuary. I said, now if Jesus was coming by and I pointed up the stairs there, I said, if Jesus was walking up the stairs, I said, what would you do right now? 
I said, you're dying. What would you do? She said, well, I'd call Jesus. I said, what would you say? I said, Jesus, I need you. I'm dying. I said, that, that, that's Jesus of 2000 years ago. But I, can I say something to you before I pray? I said, that Jesus is living in me. That Jesus is living in me. If you can believe that that God is living in his people again, and we shall agree with you that this demon be bound, where is he? He is in his people again. Where is he, saints? You must believe that the king of glory is dwelling in temples of flesh again. You can look in the world. You can see how Satan has now embodied himself in an age. But so has God bodied himself in a pride of Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? That God lives in me and I conquer that devil day after day. Day after day, you're sitting here as a very uh, trophy of God's grace in this sin-cursed age. Satan can't have you. Not one will be plucked from my father's hand. Not one. If you are called and you've been chosen and you've been elected, you have been anointed in this age. To have Jesus Christ living in your flesh. Oh my. Is that too strong for you? Saints of God. This is not really again. As we've moved on in this revelation. And God has made himself real. These are still things that are basic. (laughs) And that's what's so marvelous. It's becoming more real and real. Brother Bram said he can't do any more than what he's already given. I believe it's a whole armor of God. He can't give you any more than he's given. He just makes the word more real. And I want to say to you over these last years, the word has become more real. It's not a theology and putting scripture with scripture and quote with quote. No, sir. It's the word in flesh. Amen. I'm sorry for getting excited. I'm back home. I'm back home. You make me feel at home already. I love him, saints. This is my life. This is my everything. Where is he? King of the Jews. We're not looking for something in the past. I'm not looking for something in the future. I'm looking for the present now. They weren't looking to Isaiah. They weren't looking now to Revelation because Revelation hadn't been preached yet or written yet. But they had to see the God of the now. Listen what he says here. Gifts and callings are without repentance. 1950. I'm not a preacher or a great public speaker. Well, if he isn't, what am I? Nothing. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a good public speaker. But from my heart, I'm trying to introduce you, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. What was God doing? Using that vessel. Showing you in a partial resurrection that God was using his body. God, may you use this body. 
Get you out of your lethargy. Get you back into the tapes. Get you into your Bible. Get you on your knees. So busy with work. Your work is nothing. If you don't have a walk with God, you've got nothing. You can't live on yesterday's experience, 10 years experience, 20 years experience. You've got to have an experience now. Now. People come along to church and it's a social network. Just a social network. I've got this friend that sits here and I like to go for dinner here and they will come and if I call them there, saints, it has nothing to do with your social network. It has everything to do with one common cause, Christ. Christ. Amen. Oh God, awaken us to the reality. Don't let us slumber through another season. Oh, I wasn't here and, and as Brother Bisco was saying earlier, there is still a soldier that's been holding this message up. And I feel privileged to put my shoulder with him these many years that walk with a prophet, that spoke with a prophet. To me, that's a great privilege. And you should have that beating in your own heart. It's privilege that you got a pastor like you got. It's a privilege. Don't let it pass you by. It's a privilege, saints of God, that you got a, a man of God in that caliber. Amen. Now notice the coming of the Lord Jesus is so close at hand. Can you imagine him saying that in 1961, 60-61? Then a prophet comes on the scene and God takes him home December 24th, 1965, right at Christmas time. And it's always easy for us to look backwards and say that that was the time and God, he interrupted the whole Christmas season by taking a prophet home. Now, I don't know what this Christmas season is going to be, but I'm looking for one thing. I'm looking for a change. When people are caught up in the tinsels of life, all that nonsense that comes with it. I, I say enjoy your family. Do what you can for your family, but put Christ in your family. It's not all about gifts and giving and gifts and how much gifts you give has nothing to do with it. It's all to do with the giver of good gifts and that is Jesus Christ. Keep that on your focus. Now then the coming of the Lord is so close at hand until the spirit from way down in here. Justification, sanctification, baptism of the Holy Ghost. Right now in the time of the coming of the headstone. The church has got to be perfectly like Christ. What a Christmas gift. Lord, make me more like you. I don't want to know about you. I want to know you. To know him is life eternal. Not about him and what he did. It's to know him. Oh, the church has got to be perfectly like Christ. Until Christ and the church can unite together the same spirit. 
Oh, if the spirit of Christ is in you, it makes you live the life of Christ. Can you say amen? amen. How many got the spirit of God in them? Amen. Don't, don't, don't let your flesh condemn you. You subject your flesh to your confession. Amen. How many got Christ in you? Amen. We've been born again of an incorruptible seed of God. Then every seed shall bring forth of it. Amen. Have you been born again of the incorruptible word? Then what kind of life are you going to live? Word life. Praise the Lord. That doesn't, it's not complicated, is it? You put a pear seed in, you get a pear. You get an orange seed in, you get an orange. You get a banana seed in, you get a banana. Right? You put God's seed in, and what do you get? I'll let you come to your own conclusion. I won't even tell you what you're going to get. But I know one thing. Every seed brings forth of its kind. That's what I do know. And if the Spirit of Christ is in you, it makes you live the life of Christ, act the life of Christ, do the works of Christ. Amen. He that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall you do also. And greater than this shall you do. For I go to the Father. Oh, glory. Brother Ram said, couldn't be any more greater works. It's just more works. It's God living in you. You still with me? All right. The invisible union of the bride of Christ. Remember, the grain begin to ripen. When you find the grain can ripen right into the stalk. And when it goes to the uh, head, the stalk dies. Hallelujah. Can't you see where we're standing? The life is in the grain again. This is 1965. Do the math. Where are we? The same Jesus. Now watch it. He says, hallelujah. Can't you see where we're standing? The life's in the grain again. Just exactly the same grain that went in the ground. Jesus was that corn of wheat that went in the ground. That same grain of wheat. That same life. The same Jesus. Are you ready? You know it. The same Jesus in bride form. Same power. Don't get quiet now. I'm telling you what your, your position is in Christ. The same Jesus in bride form. <laughs> I'll talk to over here. The same Jesus in bride form. I got a better amen over there. I'll try it over here. The same Jesus in bride form. Amen. The same Jesus in bride form. Same power. Are you listening to it? I would rather listen to this than any jingle jangle. Frosty the snowman. I don't care what you listen to. I'll listen to Malachi 4. Same life. Same power. Glory. Same thing. Same word. It's forming up to the head for a rapture. Glory. God has literally called you for one thing. Rapture. You might as well glorify him. Luther lived his age for justification. Wesley lived his age for sanctification. The Holy Ghost, the gifts were given in Pentecost. But in this hour, this time, this season, he's called you for rapture. I'll see you In the rapture. Hallelujah. (laughs) This is speaking in tongues. 
<laughs> this is a new language. This is bride language. Hallelujah. It's not a language that can't be interpreted. It is a word that has already been unveiled. And we're speaking it. Not that we have any wisdom in ourselves, saints. But it's God himself that has revealed his word. Amen. Same Jesus in bride form. Ah, the time of the prophecy draweth nigh. (laughs) Glory. I can do anything, anything. Why? It's Jesus on the inside, working toward the outside. It's Jesus. Same Jesus in bride form. Same power. Same church. Same thing. Same word. Forming into a head for a rapture. Amen. But remember now, the grain begin to ripen. That you find before the grain can ripen, everything in the stalk has to be dead. Is that true? It has to be dead. So the life has moved on. And so as soon as the church, the bride is drawn together, feast of the trumpet, she's taken up and the mystery of the seventh seal or the seventh seal mystery going. That's what we're caught up in. The coming of the Lord. This mystery of the seventh seal going. Rapture. The Jews have been called under their trumpet. But the Lord himself shall descend with a shout and a voice. And the trump of God. They've got theirs. We've got ours. They're getting uh, temple worship, saints. I trust you got temple worship this morning. I trust you're worshiping the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's living in me. We've had tremendous testimonies throughout the year. How God has moved in families and individual. I want to say to God be the glory. To God be the glory. To see young boys get saved. Young women get saved. This is the grace of God. We don't have a church as a bunch of old people. You go to the United Church, all they are dead. Dead old people. They say, well, how come you got so many young people? Because God deals with young people. God deals with middle-aged people. God deals with older-aged people. It is a body. Glory to God. And saints of God, we need to move our children into a greater relationship with God. See that daddy prays. See that mommy prays. See that they raise up in a godly home. Not with a stick and a beat them down. Tell them how no good they are. You tell them how great they are. You raise them up. You edify them. You build them up into the faith. You can do it, son. You can do it, daughter. We're going in a rapture. They said, Moses is on the scene. The prophecy of Abraham. I say, Elijah's been on the scene. The prophecy of Malachi 4. They waited 400 years for Moses to come on the scene. Malachi was written 400 years before Christ. And then 2000 or 1963, Malachi 4 was being fulfilled. Add that together. And we've waited a long time. But I must be about my father's business. I must speak the word of God as he spoke the word of God. 
I can do nothing but the Father show me first. I can't preach what God hasn't shown you. You can't do that. It's got to be a revelation. It can be, you know, Brother Bram said he looked at scripture. He said, I won't preach on it until God makes it real. If God's made it real, that's fine. But don't you get on my case about what God makes real to me. Because of your theology or your understanding, I will walk in the revelation that God gives me. You walk in the revelation that God gives you. Somebody said to me not long ago, well, this is what God showed me. I said, I don't care what God showed you. That's for you individually. Don't get quiet on me. God reveals himself personally. That's for you. I've got my own. We'll walk in the revelation that God shows me. Now you tell me something, things. Brother Bram said, does everybody agree with the same thing? I, I, we've got to quote the prophet. Are we all going to agree on the same thing? Then get off my case. We preach the word. The word is thus saith the Lord. Whatever the prophets say, I can say. Whatever the Bible said, I can say. That's my parameter. That's your parameter. I wonder what they did when, when the wise men came and said, bearing gifts, they would, the uh, Pharisees would have said, well, that's not in the Bible. Right. Really? But God brought them and confirmed and vindicated the word in their life. I've got a word that God vindicates within our life. Amen. Amen. Why? It's the life of God. The church, the bride. Here are wise men wanting to find Christ in flesh. And sometimes I think we have a problem with the different Christ in flesh. He's got flesh. Ernie's got flesh. We all have got different flesh. We're all made different. Can you just be you and don't make me you and you don't make me me? You. Did you get that? No, I didn't. You have to be individual. Stay individual. I don't want your convictions. I want the word. You understand that? The bride's attracted to one thing, the word. All right. Now, the word is now living in us. The word's living in you. I know it's hard for you to uh, maybe agree with it. It's always easier to see it in somebody else. It's true. It's always easier to see it in somebody else. But I would like you to have spiritual eyes to see now God in you. So let me ask you the question. Who is living in the world and living in this message? Nobody can live in the world and be like the world and live this message. I'm sorry, friends. You can't mix oil and water together. You're either in the word or you're out of the word. The word is either living in you or it's not in you. But if it's in you, don't let somebody trip you up and put condemnation on you. And start questioning your experience. It's between you and God. If you got that all right? It's all right. 
Now, listen, saints, there, there, listen, when we start saying she's Christ in bride form, that's exactly what we're dealing with. Christ in bride form, the word in you. Are you going to have problems with the flesh? Absolutely. But the word will bring that flesh in subjection. He says in things that are to be, he will bring it into subjection. So the things I used to do in 1975, I don't do in 2018. Is that true? Why? Because the word is growing in me and is growing in you and bringing you into bride form. Things drop off as you grow. Okay. So now, saints of God, we still have, I would say, everyone in here is a wise man or a wise woman. I know you don't believe. Where's your camel? It was wise men. If you look it up, that means sophists. Sophists means those who study the stars. And I don't know about you, but we've been studying the stars a long time in Revelation 7. Or I'm sorry, Revelation 1-7. The stars that were held in the hand of the Almighty. We've been studying those stars for a long, long time. And if you stay with your star, He will lead you to the Word. And God has been leading us this, these many years. Amen. God and the Word. What is your expectation? What is your longing? What is your desire for the things of God? In Genesis 18 and 14, it says, is anything too hard for the Lord? (laughs) Can God save you? Can God deliver you? Can he heal you? God can do anything, can he? So now here's Abraham and Sarah. They were needing a change in the body to bring forth the promised son. So God stepped down into their dimension to let them know, according to the time of life, they were going to bring forth a son. And Brother Abraham said that was Elohim. And Sarah was in her tent. Now, look how, how wonderful this is. And you, of course, you've heard this. And Sarah was behind his back. And that here's a prophet come on and he says, can I turn my back? Would that help you? And he was showing that Elohim himself, God himself was on the scene. So then if God's on the scene, there's got to be a people that are going to be changed. Amen. There's got to be a people that are going to be changed to bring forth the son. Glory. Amen. Why? It was a time appointed. It was a time appointed. And I want to say to you, you're living in a time appointed. Don't look for another time. This is the time. Don't get derailed. Get focused. But you we understand before the son came and before Isaac was born, there was troubles because King Abimelech wanted to defile Sarah. But even Abraham sort of stepped back a bit and said, she's my sister. Because he didn't want to, you know, be so identified. Huh? Will you have trials between the promise and the change? I would say, yes, you will. Yes, you'll have a lot of promise, a lot of trials. But there's a promise that God is watching over his seed. 
He said if he watched over Sarah's womb. Come on. Come on. I'm going to wind down now. If he watched over Sarah's womb, he's going to watch over your womb. Your mind for the word. He's not going to let any man defile you. You've been chosen and elected of God. Hallelujah. For this appointed time. Doesn't matter what King of Bengalak, what demon will try to get you. He must take his hands off of her. He will take your hands off. He has to take his hands off. Why? Because the same life that was in him has to come forth in bride form because it was prophesied. And you might as well just start to confess. I've been prophesied to have the same life, same nature, same spirit. Bone is his bone. Flesh of his flesh. Spirit of his spirit. Life of his life. Bride time. Marriage time. Union time. It's at this appointed time. We don't go to a wedding. We are married here. Come on church, I want to wind down now. Saints, we're not going to a wedding. We are married here. We are going to a wedding supper. Hallelujah. He is going to marry the word. Hallelujah. Come on, people. We've been now looking at this for years now. Looking at it for years. We've been in the message, we say, for for years now. But God, make it become real to us now. It'd be terrible to be what you were before you came into this service. It'd be terrible to be backslidden, come into the service and go out backslidden. Or be cold, be coming into the service and go out cold. That would be terrible. That the word doesn't meet the need. I say that the word meets the need. If you allow the word in your womb, it will produce the very life of the word in you. Amen. Why? Because we're under prophecy. Habakkuk 2 and 3. For the vision is yet for what? You know the scripture. An appointed time. For the scripture says, and now the vision is yet for a appointed time. God had a vision of a church triumphant. Brother Bram said a masterpiece. There she was walking by him. Come on, stay with me. Walking by him. Then he saw the church of America. Oh, he said, oh, God, have we worked so hard that we've seen this naked, miserable group of churches? Then all of a sudden, he heard that other group come by again. You know what he cried out? Praise the Lord. God has a bride. Glory. He says, my visions haven't been wrong yet. (laughs) And that bride come walking by. He goes, praise God. Praise God. He will have a bride. And I want you to say this as we get into this season. I am the bride. He saw me walking. Marching. Alpha. Omega. The beginning and the end. 
Hallelujah. Oh, I'd love this church to spontaneously break into worship. Wouldn't that be marvelous? People that have never even lifted up their hands, lift up their hands and praise our God. Spontaneous worship where the Holy Spirit would move over a people. Not to dissect what he's saying, but to believe what the word says. Well, that's good. That's good. Who says it's good? Bad. I hear people say, that's good. Who says it's bad? It means that we say something's bad. If that's good, it's all good. It's all good. Brother Ram said, there's no good person. There's only one. That's him. It's all good. Amen. It's all good, saints. The word's all good. <laughs> Hallelujah. Time of the vision. For the vision. He had a point for a time. But at the end, what is it going to do? What's it going to do? Speak. <laughs> the bride's going to speak. Why? Because the word's in her. Satan tried to defile her. You speak. Speak the word. Stand on thus, saith the Lord. Know who you are. Bride time. The seed has now come to its manifestation. What an hour we're living in. Glory to God. Brother George, nice to have you home. Amen. This is bride time. Appointed time. Oh my, oh my, oh my. There was Abraham. Anointed. Giving the children of Israel a promise. And at the time, a promise. God's going to send a deliverer. And then Brother Bram takes third exodus. And we start to see that we have been under bondage for a certain time. At Satan's Eden time, there's going to be a bride time where she will conquer the serpent. Where Eve couldn't do it this second, he's going to conquer him. What's he going to do? He's going to do, she's going to do it by the word of God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Revelation 22 and 10 says, And he said unto me, Seal not the sayings of the prophecy of the book, for the time is at hand. (laughs) Nathan, what a great time to be living in. You go to work and hobnob with all those guys around you. Hey, you're living in a different realm and a different world. Brother Biscoe preached on, we're living in two worlds, between two worlds. They are having a clue what we're caught up in. But I'm getting caught up and I'm getting carried away. Hallelujah. Amen. Seal not the sayings of this prophecy. Of this book. For the time is at hand. He that is unjust. Let him be unjust still. And he which is filthy. Let him be filthy still. And he that is righteous. Let him be righteous still. And he that is holy. Let him be holy still. Amen. It's been unveiled to us. And behold, he said, I come quickly and my reward is with me to give every man according as his work shall be. Glory. Come quickly, Lord. Come quickly at this season of time. When the world's caught up in their nonsense, may we get shut in with God. 
Hallelujah. God is interested in time. He is. He's interested in time. He's going to annihilate it. That's how interested he is. How important is time to God? Hmm? He's going to destroy time. Now listen. Listen how the prophet preached this. Preach this message now. He says now, the title, end of time. I like that. It's going to be an end of time. There's going to be a junction of time. Time is at hand. Father, the hour has come. Time-tested memorials, sign of the time, time-tested faith, time of decision, end-time seed sign, end-time evangelism, spiritual signs of the times. What time is it serves? Uniting time and sign. Harvest time. Glory and time shall be no more. Glory. He's going to take time and wrap it up. And we're going to break into an eternal realm. It'll be one eternal day without a night. I am going to that city where the lamb is the light. Amen. It's part of the mystery that's been unfolded. The book has been open. The prophecy has been spoken. And it's been prophesied, saints, that we as will fulfill the prophecy of redemption. The whole book is about redemption. Redeemed, how I love to proclaim it. Redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. Redeemed by His infinite mercy, His child, and forever I am. Blessed are you. Blessed are you that have been called. Blessed are you that have been called. Are you called? Are you called to the wedding supper? Blessed are you that have been called to the wedding supper. Praise the Lord. Why? We're feasting on the manna of the bountiful supply. I'm feasting on Jesus Christ. What's he doing to a church right now? Can you give me five more minutes? I know I give me five, but maybe I'll end up ten. Is that okay? Okay, now, he says, the church in Christ the mystery God revealed. For 23 times, 23 times, he makes the statement, the threefold mystery. The threefold mystery. 23 times. Through the whole message, he goes, the threefold mystery of Christ. The threefold mystery of Christ. Now, we know the mystery's been unveiled. So now he's trying to show us who we are in this threefold mystery. Book was closed, but now it's open. There was no one worthy to look on the book, but he opened the book. For the lion of the tribe of Judah hath prevailed, and I went to, to see it. I saw a bleeding lamb. And that lamb came forth and took the book. And what does the Bible, Brother Bram said in Christ the Mr. God revealed? He said, now he sanctifies with his spirit and blood a church that he might make every promise in the last day revealed. Okay? It's not me. It's not you. It's God. That's revealing every promise in the last day. Are you listening now? Now see, we could go back and pick up these things. And other fellows have left off in the last days. And by the Holy Spirit reveal all the mystery of those seven seals. See? He's expressing himself. That's the purpose. That's why he died. That's the second fold of his threefold manifestation. First, to express himself in Christ. That was a part of the threefold mystery. First, to reveal or express himself in Christ. 
then express himself, the second fold. The second fold was to express himself through the church. And the same thing, Christ, the word, and the church becomes the word when it lets the word flow through them. Oh, Lord Jesus. It's that simple. Let it be unto me according to thy word. Let the word start flowing through you. Flow through me. You sing it. Holy Spirit, flow through me. Amen. She becomes like him in the second fold mystery and purpose. The word, the church becomes the word when it lets the word go through them. Let the word go through you. Just say, well, Brother Tom, I'm going to put it off tomorrow. Don't put it off tomorrow what God wants to do to you right now this morning. Flow through you, Lord. Flow through me, Lord. Flow through us. Flow, Flow through me. There is so much perversion that that's why he said, let that which is filthy be filthy still. Let that which is unholy be unholy still. But there is going to be a people that are holy and a people that are righteous. Still. Not by their own righteousness, but by the righteousness of Christ. She is holy through the word of God. Let it flow through you. Say, Brother Tom, how do I let it flow through me? Because when it comes to the womb of your soul, just say, let it be unto me, Lord. Let that word take a hold of my life. Let it turn my world upside down. Let unbelief flow out. I think Brother Brother Biscoll, he showed out years ago when we were at Kwamis. He took a bucket for the little young people. Took a dirty bucket. A dirty, muddy bucket. Bucket, muddy, dirty. Dirty bucket. Got it? Dead dirty. All right. So then he had another bucket that was clear water. Clear water. And the little, the little tykes, some of you are probably adults now and have your own children. They were watching Brother Ed pour the clear water in that dirty, dirty bucket. And he saw the big clumps go out and say, oh, well, that was just by the force of the water. But there was mud inside, there was mud and everything. And he kept pouring water, kept pouring water, kept pouring water. And as that water started to flow through that bucket, things started to leave. Dirt started to go. Nobody wanted to drink from that dirty bucket. But once that water started to flow and all the dirt started to go out of it, Brother Ed asked the young people, little children, who wants to drink from this bucket now? Everybody raised their hand. Nobody wanted to drink from your life. Before Jesus came. Nobody wanted to drink or eat from your tree. Till Jesus came. But he washed you by the water of this word. And he washed you and he cleansed you. My parents wanted nothing to do with me. My family wanted nothing to do with me. They thought I was a dirty bucket. But years went by by the washing of the water of the word. Then they started to see, hey, there's something about this bucket. It's clear. It's clean. It's holy. Let this word flow through you. Amen. Let the word, because as the church becomes the word, it lets the word go through them. Christ, in his body, the church, vindicating his promise. 
So we're to manifest the promise of God for our hour. He said, watch. Redeemed by Christ, the second Adam. You believe that? We're going back home. Brother James, we're going back home. We're going back to Eden, the third fold of this great mystery. He had a fallen wife, but he wants to redeem her back home again. That's Christ and his church taking his wife back. See the threefold mystery now? God manifested in Christ. Christ manifested in the church altogether, bringing us right back home again. Eden. Jesus said at that day. Brother Brown comes out and says, that's this day. Okay? So now we're seeing the prophecy. Now that prophecy has to put on flesh. It was prophesied a virgin would conceive. It was prophesied there would be a child born. It was prophesied. But people didn't want to believe it. Saints, don't fall in that category. Don't fall in that category. Jesus said at that day. Are you listening? We're going to wind up now. At that day. That's this day. At that day when the revelations made known. You will know that I'm in the Father. The Father in me. I in you. And you in me. When the revelation is made manifest, at that day you will know that I and the Father are one. I'm in the Father, and the Father's in me. And then when the revelation comes forth, it's I in you. Now the revelation's coming forth. It's now I in you. And you in me. There you are. It's a manifold. Threefold manifestation. What? To bring us back to what Eve lost. Oh my goodness. He says, as the Father sent me, so send I you. The Father sent him, went in him, to vindicate him, for he was the Word. And that same Jesus sends you. I'm closing now. I want you to get this now. That same Jesus that's that now is speaking is saying... Jesus now goes with you, in you. Are you got that? That same Father that sent Him, went in Him, to vindicate Him. He's the Word. Now Jesus sends you to go. Sends you to go. And He goes with you, in you, to vindicate God. And as the Father sent me, I live by the Father, so I send you. And you live by me. What is He? He's the Word. He's the Word. You live by the word. Oh, I'd like to take a text on that and preach about a couple of hours, see? Notice, and the Father sent me, went with him. Now Jesus said, he sends you and in you. Amen. Time for the promise to be fulfilled. Where is it being fulfilled? Not out there, saints of God, right in this church. God is fulfilling His Word in you. Oh, Brother Ann goes on to say, See, it's the threefold purpose of God. Help us to know it, Lord. Help us to know it. Help us, Lord. He's our headship. We're closing. He's our headship. Are you listening? He's our headship. We are the body. He is the head. But before the head and the body can meet... There had to be a messenger on this earth to unite the head and the body together. 
Brother Ram said, improving his word. He said, it was a son of man revealing the son of man to join the church, the head to the body, to unite it for the marriage of the bride. That's what this is all about, saints of God. God has redeemed us and purchased us and bought us for this one purpose, to unite us with Christ. And that we would realize who we are in Him. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Young people, I would say to you as we get ready, as the musicians get ready to come now, if some of these things and it just maybe feel like maybe go over your head or it doesn't become real to you, all you need to do is pray. Say, Father, Make these things real for me. I do not want to miss the rapture change. I don't want to miss what God is doing in his church. If we are the prophesied promise that this church is his victory, there's no defeat in her. Then we need to walk in that promise and realize she is Christ in bride form. Same life, same power. Same spirit. Maybe there's somebody here that says, well, I haven't come to that full understanding. And I want more of Christ. I need him. I just about blew me over when Brother Ed asked me in the pastor study. And he said, Lord, is, you know that song, Tom? Song? Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. I couldn't believe it. I've been, I was praying this, this morning early. And I was just going over a couple of songs. And I thought, Lord, lead me, Lord. I'll follow. As the wise men followed that star, lead me, Lord. I will go. Will you go, Rebecca? Lead me, Lord. Lead me to Isaac's tent. Lead me to uh, the promise of the word for me. You say, well, Brother Tom, you're bringing it down maybe a little bit sober. But we want to give God a chance to work within our hearts and our lives. We can, we can clap our hands and we can shout and we can glorify God. But there comes a time when we just have to get serious and say, Lord, would you manifest yourself in me, Lord? I don't want to miss this threefold manifestation. If I'm the second fold of it, Lord, let me bring forth the very life of God. Lead me, Lord, and I will follow. Bow your heads in a word of prayer. Sorry for rushing that last part. We'll cover it another time. Maybe you need to just, yourselves, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Find the purpose of God within your own life, Lord. Let me manifest what I heard this morning. See, I've been caught up in a lot of things, but I don't want to get caught up anymore. I want to get caught up in Christ, the Word. If you want to stand to your feet and you want to make that declaration, you do it right at your seat. You can do whatever you want to do. If you just want to raise your hands, raise your heart to Him. Say, lead me, Lord, every step of the way. Lead me in your Word. Open the Scriptures to me, Lord. Don't let me get caught up in the busyness of life. 
Let me get caught up in thus saith the Lord. Let the beauty of Jesus be seen in me. Let that word manifest through me. Let my children see that I'm a reflection of Jesus. Lead me, Lord. Lead me into your promises that are yea and amen to them that believe. Lead me into the fulfillment of your prophesied promise. Lead me, Lord. I will before the throne of grace this morning Lord there's a time when the promise draws nigh Lord and we see the hour we're living in we see time running out your prophet said it's a blending of time into a blending of eternity so Lord while we're on this earth We want to turn our eyes upon you. We want the life of God beating in our bosom. We so yearn for the spirit of God to be manifest through our lives. If there is a deep that calls to a deep, Lord, there must be a deep to respond. So, Lord, my soul is crying out for more of you. Songwriter pen, I want more of Jesus. More, more, and more. And if my soul cries out, Lord, then there must be a deep to respond. Respond to our deeps this morning. As our soul cries out, oh God, give me more of Jesus, more and more and more. Let the world get caught up in whatever frivolity they've got. Lord, we want to get caught up in the word caught up into your presence caught up in that prophesied promise for we know there's a change that we are to manifest Lord we don't want to leave one behind as Moses said I'll not leave one behind we'll not leave a hope behind Lord we're going to believe for our children our wives and our husbands Lord believe we're in that exodus hour the time of the change has taken place 
Lord, let it materialize around the seed. And let the life of God be manifested in all of our lives, Lord. Let the things of the world grow strangely dim. Father God, may our eyes behold your glory. Bless your people now as they prepare to go, Lord. May the presence of God go with them. May they meditate maybe on some thoughts that were spoken this morning. May the word of God meet the deep in their soul. Father, we're thankful for God called men as the brothers have stood faithfully these last weeks ministering the word of life. You have blessed them, blessed their lives and use them mightily, Lord. God, as you would use now this fivefold ministry to build up a bride, to edify her in the faith, build her up in the faith. Jesus, anoint each and every one of us to fulfill what you have promised for us. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be it unto me.